0: Well, good morning again. Thank you guys for being um, part of today. i never introduced myself. I am Paul. I am one of the pastors here. Um, many of you have Mother's Day brunches scheduled. You have reservations. This message is like two and a half hours, so I hope you really you know. I'm just kidding about that. We're, we're talking about getting through what you're going through, and the reason for that is because we're all going through something. Every single one of us at any point in time, we're going through something. And today we want to talk about worry. Um, the whole thing of worry and stress and all that kind of stuff, and I want to spend a few minutes talking about how to get through it, and I'm going to invite us to just take a moment and, and, and thank God for this time. Lord, God, thank you for the chance we have to now um, think through those issues that concern us and give us your thoughts and your heart. Um, may your strength be within us as we um, work through the worries and cares. Give me the right words to share right now in Jesus' name. Well, today is Mother's Day, and if you remember back, um, one of the things that your mom did for you was what? Yeah, one person said, nag, nag, and that's not the right answer. That was the right answer. And his mom was sitting right next to him. And so um, um, I gave her permission to beat him up with a flower, with a rose. One of the things that moms were notorious for was worrying, right? Worrying, you know, if you're a mom, you worry. I mean, worry was, was kind of just part of, of life. Worry was kind of what... what at least my mom did. I, I did all kinds of cycling across the state and across the country and all that. And my mom, all she could do was worry. My dad was a bit more practical. He took out a life insurance policy on me, believe it or not, on this one. It's like, Dad, you were thinking I'm going to die, didn't you? So, But but worry is something that, that plagues us. I mean, it's just kind of part of us. We're, we get a little bit stressed about this or that. And worry is this, kind of this weird thing. I I read that when you worry, you actually have... The same physical symptoms you would have if the situation you are worrying about is actually happening. Okay, The same internal stuff that's going on in you is really, is really happening. The, the blood pressure goes up, the stomach turns, and that's why we have all these kinds of problems that happen in our lives. Why do we worry? Well, heck, there's a lot to worry about, isn't there? I mean, you just think about everything in the world there is to be stressed about. So maybe some of you, you'll be going home and watching the Giants game. I mean, that's what you're going to do. And, and, and you can worry about that one all day long. Yeah, it's like a change. And, 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 and you're worried about because you're watching the Giants game that you're not studying. And, you know, it's because you got project due, or you've got finals coming up and you're not studying. And, 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 and so you're worried about your grades. And as you're sitting there, you're worried about your grades because if you don't get good grades, you won't get into a good school. And if you don't get into a good school, you won't get a what? A good job, and if you don 't get a good job then then you 're worried no one 's going to want to marry you you know and and, and if you don 't get married, then you won 't have kids that will drive you crazy you know you 're worried about that, but let 's suppose you do get married and have kids that are driving you crazy you 're worried maybe you won 't have time to take them to art classes or you won 't be making enough money to, 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 to buy embraces and you 're sitting there you know and now you 're worried about the, what, that they might play little League and they 're going to make you work in the snack stand. <laughs> And you're worried about working in the snack stand because you can't make change, you know? And you're worried that people are going to laugh at you and your kid will be ashamed of you. And to get away from you, your kid's going to go to a college across the country. Okay? You're worried about that. And now you're sitting there worried about that you're going to have to fly to see them. And you're worried about the plane that you're, you're flying to see him could develop engine trouble and crash. And now, and now you're, 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 you're worried. All this worrying is giving you a headache and you're worried that your headache is a tumor, and tomorrow you're going to die, okay? <laughs> and you're worried that no one's going to come to your funeral because everyone's at home watching the Giants game, and there you go. You've gone all the way you know, all the way around. You see how worry works? We start here, and then we go to here, and then here. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And pretty soon, we have created a whole scenario of what ifs. We think of every little nuance and every little situation and every little tendril that kind of goes off from here and here and here and here. And pretty soon, we're worried about absolutely everything. Jesus did not say, worry about tomorrow. He didn't say that. He didn't say, my stress I give to you. (laughs) And the Bible does not say, be anxious about everything. This is what Jesus said. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus said, my what I give you. My peace, my peace I give to you. And the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, there's a little box that, that 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 we printed up on your insert, the little insert where, where you know you can take notes if you want, and 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 if you could take that out for a second, um, if you would please, and and think about whatever it is that's stressing you out right now, okay, whatever it is that's stressing you out right now, um, the biggest sort of sort of source of stress in your life, and and if you would just draw it in the box, okay, just draw it in the box, would you do that for a second? Please. If it's a person, then just draw a little stick person, you know. Um, if it's your job, something that symbolizes your job, or if it's school, something that symbolizes that. If it's money, maybe it's, you know, draw a little dollar sign. Um, last service, actually somebody drew an arrow pointing to the person next to them because that was their biggest source of stress was, was the arrow. Our theme this year, as, as, as we've been going through, has been hope. And, and the word is behind me in big letters, Hope or Esperanza, um, it's, it's a great word. Hope is not a, a wish, you know. Um, it's not just simply a wish that it could be out there or, or not. Um, hope is, a ver- is not a verb. It's not something you do. It's a noun. It's something that you have. It's something that you, you have. You either have hope or you don't. The Bible says we have this hope. We have it as an anchor. For the soul, firm and secure. Do you see what hope does? It anchors your soul. It's not getting pushed around, shoved here and there. And we've been defining hope as the confidence that a loving God is in charge of life and of my life. And those two phrases are important. He's in charge of life, but also of my life. And no matter what happens, good or bad, he's in control and it's going to be okay. That's what hope is. It's holding on to that. No matter what happens. And then Jesus makes this incredible statement. He says, "This don't worry about everyday life, and don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own." Now we say, "Amen, that's true. Yeah, I got it. You know, I understand it, it worked, but we still worry, don't we? We may have heard these words before, but we still worry. And I think Jesus, those are good words, but how do I do it? I mean, how do I really, really?" really do it and it's going to take a change sometimes of heart and a change of mind and a change of what we're thinking about but first here we go first and this is really important to me know the kind of God that you have know God know the God that you have Jesus probably has the most to say about worry um, in the Bible as anybody and in Matthew chapter 6 it's it's the whole thing is great the whole chapter is is great Um, but he's going to tell us three things to deal with worry Okay, the first one is this. Worry is, is absolutely useless. Worry is useless. <laughs> Think about it. What does worry do? What does it do? What does worry actually really do? You know? He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? One hour. How, who, who could do that? You know? Um, worry doesn't make me live longer. In fact, if anything, worry would make me live what? Shorter. Probably less. Less times. It really doesn't do anything. Now, Now, there are a bunch of those things... To, to worry about in life, but just think, what, what, what good does it do? A classic example is when your child gets their driver's license and when they drive alone from the, for the first time. Okay, okay. If you have kids, um, you know what that's like, and we've had to do it three times. And and you know, what was a little bundle in your arms is now driving away in your car you know, on the road, you know, with other drivers. And and, and so what do you do? You know, they're going to go. You go out to the curb, you know, with them. It's like this family event. You know, you go out to the curb and you stand there and you say, be careful, you know, watch out for other cars, you know, drive safe and don't get hurt, you know. And my son rolled down the window and he, he says, no, Dad, I want to drive unsafe because I do want to get hurt. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I, I get that. And and, and and as they drive off, what do you do? You send little worry waves along with them. You, these worry waves that are going to protect and surround the car so any other car that comes by is just going to bounce off, you know, and they'll, they'll, ne- they'll never get hurt, you know. And, and they turn the corner and they go away and you just go into the house and what do you do? You open the windows and you listen for sirens. You know, you just listen for sirens. <laughs> you know, because, you know, something's going to happen. And, and you, it, no matter how much I'm sitting here on the couch worrying, it's useless. It does nothing. It's doing it does nothing, and it will, it will do nothing, you know, absolutely. It's completely useless. The second thing is it's needless, you know, and this one now begins to get into the God part of it. And we have to transport ourselves back into the time when Jesus was giving these words, and, and, and Jesus is sitting on a hill. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, and so he's sitting on a mount, a little hillside. And there's grass all around, there's birds and flowers and all this kind of stuff. And he's going to give them a lesson, okay? And what he's going to say is he's going to say, look at the birds of the air. And he's going to say, look, and basically saying, look, there's birds flying up here. Just look at them. Just take a look at them. And they'd all look and, you know, look at them flying, look at them hopping, looking at them eating bugs and worms and seeds, you know, looking at them on the wires above my car, you know, and that's what they do. They do what they do. Look at the birds, you know, look at what the birds are doing. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't reap or stow, store away in barns. Yet your, heaven, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You know, he's talking about there's just lots of birds out there. God cares more about you than birds. Um, they don't stress. Why not? He says, your heavenly Father feeds them. He goes on to talk about flowers. Um, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor. They don't spin. I tell you, not even Solomon. Not even Solomon. And all the splendor was dressed like these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know, Solomon was the Hebrew king. You know, he was like the Jeff Bezos of the world. I mean, he had everything. I mean, he had everything. He would want tons of money. His clothes were great. He just simply compares the wardrobe of Solomon to a flower. You know, a flower that would be in the field and if you have your rose with you, just take a look at that. The intricacy, the beauty, the just gorgeous. In fact I was thinking that our clothes we try and match the colors of the flowers. You know that? That's what we try and do. God does that and he makes flowers and he says, If I can do that to flowers, don't you think I can take I can take care of you? God clothes, Heavenly Father feeds. Worry is useless, needless, and then, first of all, last of all, worry is faithless. You know, we know that there's there's no faith involved in that. What what worry is really doing, and and this is really important. What worry really is doing is it's taking God and it's shrinking him down, so he's not able to manage the world or manage your life. That's what worry is. Okay, it's shrinking God down so much that he's unable to manage the world and unable to manage, manage my life. It's really saying, God, you're not big enough. You're just not big enough. Um, you don't care enough and you don't know enough. That's what it's saying to God. God, I'm kind of on my own here, all right? So therefore, I'm going to take this back into my own hands. When I'm worried, I'm saying God has no idea what I'm going through, isn't strong enough to help me doesn't care enough about me. And there's three, and I hate to use the term theological principles because you're all going to start dozing off now, but but are really, really, really important. One is the term, what I will say, omnipotence, and that talks about the power of God, potency. God is omnipotent. That means he's absolutely all-powerful. Second is God's is omniscient, and omniscient means he's all-knowing. Okay, God knows absolutely everything, every thought, you've ever had and will have. God knows that. And and finally, God is, is a God of love. Um, and when you're saying, to taking worry back on yourself, you're saying, God, I don't believe in, in your omnipotence in your power. God, I don't believe in your omniscience that you know what I'm going through. And you're saying, God, I don't believe you love me enough to take me through it. Do you see how worry just kind of... <laughs> tried to shrink-wrap God down into this little size. Um, We're saying God doesn't care. He isn't strong enough. He doesn't know about it. Or you're shrinking God down. And that's why Jesus would say, don't worry about these things, saying, what do we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That's like unbeliever talk. That's unbeliever think. Well, we don't have to think that way anymore. Your Heavenly Father knows all your needs. And I love that last phrase. But your heavenly Father knows. And that takes care of those three big terms. Okay? Heavenly, that's power. Father, that's love. Knows, that's all-knowing. Do you see? So worry is useless, and worry is needless, and worry is absolutely faithless. I flew down to L.A. um, to pick up my kid um, from school, and we we drove back. And and then you fly off, you take off, you know, and, and... I don't try not to think about. I'm not a great flyer, by the way. You know, I'm just, I'm just not, um, for a variety of reasons, because. I think it too much. I'm trying to think it through, you know. But you turn, you're going, you're flying, you're 30,000 feet, 300,000 feet up. I don't know where you are. And, and you look down. And, 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 and sometimes you can see little tiny cars down there. You know, little teeny tiny cars. And you, know, you see them and sometimes they'll, they'll take through, And they're, you know, they're going, they're going so slow, you know, and you're going really fast. And you're saying, I'm going to be there way before you. You know, but that's beside the point. But you're, you're, you're doing this, And, and, they're, and you're, they're, they almost seem insignificant. Just a little tiny thing, smaller than an ant down there. You're flying 555, you know, and, and um, driving back, guess what? I was that little teeny tiny thing. And, and while I'm up here, I think that must be in, insignificant. When I'm driving in that car, that's my whole life, that's my world, you know. That's me, that's my, that's everything, you know, to me. And sometimes we're so far, we think, well, God's so big up, does he really even care what's going on, those teeny tiny little things? Of course he does because that would be you in the car, and that would be me in the car, and that would be your kids and your family and your life and your world. And this God who knows every single little car down there is right there with you when you're in that big car. It's where he's useless and needless and faithless. Next. And here's where we kind of have to do some work, okay? Not just simply do we have to get a big concept of God and know God and trust him like that. You have to take every thought captive to this, this, to this. The Bible says we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, meaning you take every stray worry thought and you bring it now captive into the obedience of who God is and what what God is doing. And here is where we might differ. Some of us might be real easy for us just simply to take every thought captive and bring it to God. Some of us might be kind of just just wired so that we worry more, but you have to work a little bit more at bringing those things back captive to Christ. But we're all called to do that. Every thought, every worry, every situation, every nuance, to be able to say, "I didn't see this coming, but God saw this coming." And therefore I'm going to take this situation that's going on now that I think's way out of whack and shouldn't be right, and I'm going to bring it back into what I'll just simply call captivity to Christ. God is all-knowing, God's all-loving, and God is all-powerful. My heavenly Father, what? He knows. He knows. You bring it to God. Next, the next thing, you have to get other people around you. And you knew I was going to go there, okay? You really, you really knew. Um, um, this life was meant to be shared with others. Honestly, your stress hormones. This was a study done too, um, you know, because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're all stressed out. If you've ever been stressed out, and you can't sleep, and your heart's racing, all that kind of stuff. Stress hormones actually respond and slow down in the presence of a safe person. You know that. You will actually have your stress hormones begin to slow down in the presence of a safe person. And that's why, again, a little kid's all stressed out. What do you do, moms and dads? You what? You just hug them and you say what? It's okay. It's going to be okay. You're a safe person. And they begin to calm down. Find people around you. Here's what the Bible says. One person falls, other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And then the last one, and this is the last point to make. Make God's kingdom my purpose. There's a tendency for me to say, okay, don't worry, be happy, just get on with life. But it's not that simple. There's more to it because Jesus says this. Here is the key on unlocking all this worry-free life. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And there it is. It's a condition. God's promise to provide the daily for us is connected to our promise to be part of God's kingdom. And it's kind of like this I focus my attention on what God's doing in the world. I kick every thought captive to Christ because my attention and my focus and my interest above everything else is now God and living for God. And the question I can ask is well, if I'm doing all this, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to look out for me? I mean, who's going to worry about my worries? Jesus says, "God will, God does." Um, the worry for your life comes for those who seek God first. Okay, now look at that little box that you drew in. That little tiny box that you drew in—you know, whatever, whatever you drew in—it is, is God aware of what's in that box. Yeah, He is. Even those of you that didn't draw anything in, in the box, out of rebellion to me, even those of you that didn't do that kind of stuff, God is aware of exactly what you would have put in that box. Okay. He is. He knows. And some of you that put something in the box and there's something more that you were maybe a little ashamed or embarrassed to put in, is God aware of that? Of course, He is. Absolutely, He is. Is God aware of it? Yes. Does God care enough about you to work it through? Of course, He does. He's a loving God, He's a heavenly Father. Is God strong enough to handle it? Of course, He's in heaven. Um, One last verse, Jesus says this, Your heavenly Father knows. Now, I've talked about those last three words, heavenly, the power of God, Father, the love of God, knows the omniscience of God. How about that first word, your? And Mark alluded to this a few moments ago, and I just want to mention it now. Worship team, would you guys come on up, please? Um, The your part, the your can you say he's my heavenly Father? And I, I think there's a difference. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, you say God or heavenly Father. Can you say he's my heavenly Father? Mine, mine. He's, he's mine. And my heavenly Father loves me and is all powerful and knows what I'm going through. He's my heavenly Father, and He will love me through this. Can you say that? Would you pray with me, please? There's a great verse in the Bible that says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Did you know that? God's not mad at you. God's not ticked off at you. He's not frustrated with you. He loves you. And sometimes your perception of God is the wrong one. You think that you, he's steamed at you for ignoring him all this time. He's not because he's loving, and love doesn't do that and he wants you he loves you he wants you to be part of his family his the life he gives and he gives it through Jesus who took all <laughs> all the times that you did silly stupid things and Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for that and God is a rewarder when you seek after him he does and Maybe as you're seeking him now, you're feeling the sense of hope that's there. That this God does do something. He will do something for you. I pray, God, for those that are struggling with worry. They let it down. They let it go. They cast the cares right now. They're letting it go. That which is in the box, that which is in their heart. Take it, God. It's in your hands. We give it to you. Fill us with the stillness, quietness, calmness of your spirit. And we thank you in Jesus' name.